How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Last night, sat down with Malcolm Brogdon and, and had a great conversation. But when asked, hey, when are you going to be back? This is what he had to say. What else do you have to do to kind of get cleared? I guess that might be the best way to put it. Uh, it's really just getting to the point where I'm not, you know, um, functioning, playing on the court without any pain. I think that's my last hurdle. I've, I've passed a lot of the tests in the weight room, um, even a lot of stuff on the court. I'm on the court playing. Um, haven't gotten to sort of competitive playing yet, but I'm getting up and down the court a lot. Um, but it's really moving around without pain. Are you without pain? Not yet. Not yet. Not okay. yet. Close? Close. So there you go. He is, and I had said this before, look, for those that thought he was just going to come rolling back in beginning uh, the, the Boston Celtics series, I think it was going to happen right away, and he still has pain, unfortunately. So Eric Name of the Athletic now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. After hearing that last night, Eric, uh, it was a little bit of a blow to Bucks fans that thought he would be back for game one, but his anticipation is to get back for the series, but he wouldn't commit to any particular time because he still has pain in that foot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what we've tried to warn Bucks fans of all along is that, you know, there's a reason why they're saying round two and not game one round two. There's a very specific reason why, you know, that timeline always remained kind of as blurry as it did. And, you know, I shouldn't – I would guess, you know, it shouldn't be all that much of a surprise because, you know, when you looked at the timetables that were set out for this injury, you know, it was – four to six weeks. Some people said six to eight weeks. And well, you know, like we're, we're just getting into, you know, that fourth, fifth week area right now. So uh, that's, that's kind of, you know, again, I don't want to say it's not a a surprise because, you know, I think you always uh, just with the way that, you know, guys play through stuff and and all the different ways that, uh, you know, medical staffs are are able to do things at this point, you know, I think we always kind of expect the start of those windows to be when people, uh, get back from injuries, but yeah, I, I'm with him. You know, he's gonna try to get back as quickly as he can. But I also think, you know, Bucks fans have to remember what Nikola Mirotic looked like in his first two games back. He, he didn't, he, he didn't look quite the same as he did in games three and games four. So not only are, are you thinking about, you know, whether or not he can get back on the floor during round two, which they they believe he will, uh, but when he does come back what he's going to look like. He's not going to look like Malcolm Brogdon. He's going to look like a, a version of Malcolm Brogdon. And well, we saw that in last year's playoffs. Uh, he, he did not look like himself uh, against the Boston Celtics when he was coming back from that injury. So uh, I think really you do have to view this series as uh, not entirely without, you know, without having Malcolm Brogdon, but in, in some ways you have to at least approach it as whatever you get from him is a bonus. I did not look at him as somebody that I was relying upon at this point to come back against Boston. As painful as that is, uh, I just I didn't. Now, if he comes back in another week and a half and they're still in the midst of this thing, then then so be it. And I don't know how you can work him back in at that point other than just a few minutes here and a few minutes there. But um, 
I just think that as, as optimistic as he is, that right now it's life without Malcolm Brogdon. You continue to move forward. So that being said, how does this team match up with Boston? Because I just think that they've got such a deep bench. They can say, send wave. Boston, I think, is good maybe in top three, top four. But I don't think they're as deep as the Milwaukee Bucks are. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the series, and, and I guess just starting with Brogdon, like you look at the way Sterling Brown played as, as of late. I, I wrote about him last week, but... He's really come on as of late. He almost had a triple double in the in the game deciding uh, in, in game four of that series deciding game where you know he goes nine points, thirteen rebounds, six assists. Like he's filling up the stat sheet. Pat Connaughton has been great as well. So I, I don't want to say they're not concerned about filling in for Malcolm Brogdon because you're never going to get exactly what you got from Brogdon in just one person. You have to try to get it through multiple people. But uh, I think when you look across the rest of the series, like. The Bucks have Eric Bledsoe, who is, you know, an all-defensive player this year. I would guess he's probably going to get first or second team. So you can put him on Kyrie Irving. And, again, are you going to stop Kyrie Irving? Probably not. Uh, he's, he's one of the most gifted one-on-one scorers in the league. But, you know, you do have someone that you hope isn't going to get torched by, by Kyrie Irving. And you saw that in the last game of the year. Uh, Obviously, Kyrie had a, had a big night, but, you know, it took 27 shots for him to get that big night. Uh, so th- that's going to be the big – I think that's one big thing. Kyrie is, you know, a player that you, you really do have to fear when it comes to playoff time just because he is such a talented one-on-one scorer. And then, you know, I think the other one is Al Horford. Al Horford uh, really beat this Bucks team up last year, and I think you do have to be concerned about him again. This this Bucks defense gives up a bunch of threes, and they give up a bunch of threes to – bigs that are able to pick and pop and Al Horford is is probably the premier pick and pop big in the entire league he's that there's just not many guys that can do what he can do as it comes to you know hitting threes as it comes to getting assists like he's just able to do so much in that role that he's going to be a real problem for the Bucks. so when you're looking at matchups those are, are, are the two things you look at for the Celtics and then you know on the other side no one has a matchup for Giannis. There'll be a lot of Celtics fans that, that will try to say, Shemmy Ogilvy can really, you know, make him struggle or, you know, it makes it tough on him. And it's, I mean, maybe a little bit, but, you know, Giannis struggling is still putting up 28 a night. Like, for as well as, uh, as that Celtics team played defense last year in the playoffs, they're the league's best defense in the, in the regular season, even better in the postseason because they didn't have Kyrie Irving anymore. The Bucks still tore them up. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it really, it really came down to the Bucks not being able to do what they needed to do defensively. Uh, offensively, Giannis didn't have any problems against them. Chris Middleton didn't have any problems against them. So um, that's not to say that's exactly what's going to happen this year. But uh, these, bu- this Bucks team, you know, does have guys that can kind of just handle themselves no matter the situation, and that's grown even more uh, as they've been coached by Mike Budenholzer. Who has to come up big for the Bucks to advance besides Giannis? And, and as much as uh, I want to look to the bench, and there have been good role players off the bench, I tend to keep looking at Brooke Lopez. He was one of the bigger acquisitions in the offseason for the value. It's been a steal. And the fact that he has been the rim protector, the shot blocker, and defensively speaking, he's been kind of that, that straw that stirs the drink in the middle. I've really been impressed with him. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two that you kind of look at. Um, I, I've been obviously Giannis is going to be great pretty much every night, but you know, may, maybe have an offense shooting, but uh, most of, most of the time, you know, six out of seven games, if, it is, if this is a seven game series, you, you're going to get very good Giannis. And then uh, I've been saying for a while now, Chris Middleton is kind of why their floor is so high that 
even the shot, the, the nights where Chris isn't making a ton of shots, he just contributes so much. He makes so many plays. He's so good defensively that he's going to, you know, make sure that level's good. And then, you know, I think the guys that can kind of swing stuff are Brooke Lopez, like you mentioned, and Eric Bledsoe. And with Lopez, you have those nights where he hits a bunch of threes, and, and that can really be a big boost for the Bucks. And then on top of that, you know, if he can – Stay on the floor and be able to defend Al Horford. That's a, a huge boost for this team because you know otherwise it's probably with as talented as Horford is, you know, going to lineups where Giannis is playing center and and going a little bit smaller and you know asking Giannis to both defend the best player or one of the best players for the Celtics and then also create offensively. So I, I would agree with you there that Brooke Lopez is a huge part of this. And then you know when when you really look at it last year. Uh, and Bledsoe has said he was the reason they lost that series. He I, was the reason why they lost the Celtics. So uh, I think when you when you're looking at this all again, you got to be thinking Bledsoe is kind of a, a guy that can swing the series if he can find some success offensively and and do what he needs to do defensively against Kyrie Irving. You know that might be what ends up swinging the series. I uh, I was going to say I I really is as much as I am excited for this next series I believe this is the Eastern Conference Finals this is going to be the best matchup the Bucks are going to get unless they get obviously you know get to it and they get the 76ers but uh, even so I don't think the 76ers have the same depth even though they've got a pretty good quality amount of starters I don't think they have the same depth I think this is going to be the Eastern Conference series because this is the bugaboo you need to get off your back correct Yeah for the last month I've said just because of the way it was falling, and I knew that the Celtics would be the second-round opponent, you know, the Bucks are either losing in the second round or they're going to the finals. Like, that's just as simple as it is. The Celtics are the team that posed the biggest threat to them, and I think you can bicker over who's the, the other best team in the Eastern Conference. Maybe it's the Raptors, maybe it's the Sixers, but specific to the Bucks, it is the Celtics. You have last year, uh, you know, kind of, the house of horrors that is uh, TD Garden for them. They, they haven't won while Al, Al Horford has played in that building uh, in the last two years. Uh, they just haven't done it. So they did get a win, but Horford didn't play. So I think the Celtics can kind of brush that one off. And, you know, the, the Bucks are still going to have that kind of same mystique with TD Garden. So uh, I do think this is this is really the series for the Bucks. I think the, the two most the, the two players to fear most in the Eastern Conference are Al Horford and Kyrie Irving, just because of what I already broke down. And then on top of it, you have the history of last year. You have Eric Bledsoe really just kind of choking last year in that series against Terry Rozier. And, you know, I think all of those things kind of added together, all of a sudden you have a spot where, you know, this is going to be a really tough series for this Bucks team and uh, probably their toughest matchup in the Eastern Conference. When do you think we fight? We should find out today. I know that Boston was waiting for the end of the series uh, in the NHL because the Bruins ended up getting a win. Yeah. Now they have to work out that building over there. But we should find out uh, no later than today, I would assume, when the Bucks are going to play next, right? Yeah, I would just suspect it would be maybe later this afternoon with a press release from the NBA. Um, I, I would assume that they are getting awfully close to, to sorting all of this out. And, you know, I would guess that, you know, because it could be Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. I would be shocked if it goes all the way until Monday, just because both these teams will have been off by so long uh, at that point. But you know, it feels like it would probably be a weekend game here, and I guess we'll just have to see if it's Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, in in the next round also, if the Bucks get past it, which I'm assuming they will, but uh, 76ers over the Raptors. Ooh, 
I think the Raptors match up really well against the Sixers. Adding Marcus Saul uh, really gives them someone to slow down and beat and make it tough on him. So I would actually go with the Raptors. Really? Okay. Well, we'll see what happens there before it's all said and done. Hey, we'll chat again next week. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. I look forward to it. There you go. Eric Name of the Athletic joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been getting it done. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That is 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.